You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Good, everybody. Buongiorno, buenos dias, ni hao, konnichiwa, motherfuckers. My friends, look, if you've made it 64 episodes into this podcast, we might even be more than friends, okay? I love you. But I want to welcome you all to this extra special episode of Abacabo Cafe. It is the English language Kimagure Orange Road podcast, and I am your host, Jason Almy. I know. All of you have been waiting, not just the Shikaru stands, all of you have been waiting with bated breath for this episode, and I've been looking forward to producing it. I apologize about the lapses between episodes. Uh, A year ago, this was a weekly podcast, and um, as I've done the the last couple of episodes, this one as well as the one focusing on Ayukawa and the one prior to that that focused on Kasuga as characters, These have been very, very time-consuming episodes. There's a lot of research I'm drawing from all of the episodes, all of the OVA, both of the films. So it really does take a lot. And I do usually get about eight to 10 pages of notes for these character analyses. But I really don't want to leave any stone unturned. And and the same is true with Shikaru, the, um, the third of the three main characters the third and final character analysis I'm going to do, I don't plan on doing any uh, analyses for some of the more small characters, characters like Yusaku or or uh, Manami and Kurumi or Takeshi. I mean, they're all very interesting characters. You know, maybe I could do a summary episode where I talked a little bit about all of them, but they, they just don't have quite as much screen time devoted to them as the three principal characters do. We don't get to see inside their heads. We don't get to analyze their personalities in the way that we do with the three principal characters, just it's just a matter of their importance. So, you know, it's just less to say about uh, a character like Yusaku. There's there's fewer dimensions to Yusaku, where certainly with Shikaru and Ayukawa and Kasuga, there are a lot of interesting things to say about these characters because we we spend so much time watching them over the course of the television series and OVA and the two films. And uh, so there's a lot to say about 
about them and and how the events that unfold express the themes of of Orange Road and and what was trying to be communicated with this series. So this is the last of three, and hopefully we'll be able to speed up episodes after this. I do plan on getting into the manga once I've finished wrapping up the anime. We're going to do a few more episodes just to wrap it up. Next episode is going to be all about the music, so don't miss out on that. I'll uh, chat a little bit more about that towards the end. I want to say thank you to my patrons. I want to say welcome to the Patreon, to uh, our newest uh, homie, Mr. John Jamingo. I do appreciate you, sir. Everybody who's there, I appreciate y'all, every single person. If you've looked at any of the um, Knights of Summerside music videos that I've put out on that uh, YouTube, I had some fun putting together like a, a GIF of one of the three characters along with like a remixed city pop playlist that that would have been exemplary of that time period. And uh, I do include a uh, a title card at the end with uh, all of your names, thanking you very much for your patronage. Thank you guys uh, for, for making this possible. So without further ado, I want to talk all about Hiyama Hikaru today. Hikaru is an extremely important character. I mean, easily as important as Ayukawa and, and Kasuga. And I think that I'm going to do a good job of making that case to you. Uh, she has a lot of functions. I mean, she's a functional character, right? I know a lot of people online talk about her being annoying and the way she keeps our principal couple apart and she gets in the way of their romance. But honestly, she has some really important roles to fulfill in order for us to even have a series, right? And we need the series in order to explore the the themes and motifs. If we don't have a series, we can't get into any of that. So a big role for her is as a foil to Ayukawa. In a lot of ways, she is Ayukawa's opposite. Where Ayukawa has long hair, she's got short hair and it's light colored. Where Ayukawa's is dark, she's also younger than Kasuga, while Ayukawa is older. So Kasuga is kind of in the middle. Uh, she's on the other side of that uh, for him because she's younger. She's a little less experienced, worldly. Um, Shikaru is demure. She's not as as uh, bold uh, as Ayukawa. Ayukawa is probably more headstrong. Ayukawa is, wants to get her way. Shikaru is willing to let Kasuga have his way. Shikaru is somewhat naive. As I was saying a moment ago, she's not worldly. She doesn't have the life experience that Ayukawa does. She's not as capable as Ayukawa. I've, I know I've made that point in previous episodes when it was time to discuss the um, four-leaf clover incident. And that, to me, highlights the difference in capability between the two. I mean, Ayukawa is able to accomplish things, to do things, to get things, and, and Shikaru just can't. So she has to get them from Ayukawa. So, you know, she has, she has a different appeal and and it's meant to be uh, the opposite of Ayukawa's. She's meant to appeal to Kasuga in ways that Ayukawa does not. And she's meant to offer up things in a potential relationship with Kasuga that Ayukawa wouldn't because they're very much opposites in those ways. So in that regard, Shikaru presents Kasuga with opposing choices. He's got Ayukawa on the one hand, he's got Shikaru on the other, and it really is like choosing between vanilla and chocolate. It's not like choosing between two slightly different flavors of chocolate, right? You know, he's really choosing kind of two different poles in a sense. They're they're diametrically opposed. 
Another thing to note about Shikaru is that she is not at all Kimagure. That's Ayuko's job. Shikaru is even-tempered, at least with Kasuga when she knows it's him. Sometimes she can be a little bit more cranky with other people. I'm looking at you, Yusaku, and uh, sometimes if she doesn't know that it's Kasuga bumping into her, she'll turn around and say, what the hell do you want, jackass, before realizing it's him, and then she will uh, begin to behave as she would towards uh, her her would-be boyfriend. So with with Kasuga, he he does have those two opposites. I mean, he's got in in Shikaru, he's got someone who's potentially very uh, reliable in terms of mood, very stable, very consistent with with Ayukawa. He's got someone who you just never know. You just never know. One day she's going to be sweet and help you study. Another day she's going to smack you because you walked into the back changing room and you saw her in her bra. And then yet a third day, she's going to be fighting an entire Sukiban gang, and you, you might all lose your lives. Who knows? But Shikaru is consistently sweet to Kasuka. She's always upbeat and peppy. Shikaru is consistently sweet to Kasuka. Kasuka does not have to wonder what Shikaru's mood is going to be. Nor does Kasuka put his foot in his mouth with Shikaru. He doesn't ever say anything that's going to get him in trouble. Whereas Kasuka does so many times with Ayukawa. Mentioned that you uh, had a date with Shikaru, you might be in trouble, buddy. All in all, things usually go very smoothly for Kasuga with Shikaru. I wonder, does this fail to challenge Kasuga? Does he prefer Ayuko because she's Kimagure, because she's unpredictable, because she's not easy to get along with all the time? And it's, it's a challenge for him. Maybe. Is Shikaru too safe? Is she too dull? Possibly, but also Kasuga met and crushed on Ayukawa first. So it could uh, just as easily be that, you know, she got in his heart first. And despite the fact that uh, maybe Shikaru might be a little easier to date and get along with, he's still taken by Ayukawa. But Shikaru's demeanor might be why she doesn't make much progress with Kasuga. And she never really captures his attention romantically. I've made that argument before, too, that Kasuga just really has a hard time looking at Shikaru from a romantic standpoint. There are, of course, times where he realizes that she's a girl and she's wearing a swimsuit and he can see her cleavage and uh, she's leaning in. So her breast is touching his arm. I mean, he's he's aware of the world around him. But even still, when he's on his own, when he's thinking about who he wants to bump into at the nightclub, when he's thinking about his future, having a foreboding dream, I mean, almost all of the time, it's Ayukawa. Sometimes it's Shikaru. Every now and again, she appeared in one of the foreboding dreams in episode 10. She got the invite in episode 13, I believe it was, to to the concert because she had kind of transformed into her uh, Cindy Lauper variant. But regardless Kasuka really has a hard time connecting with Shikaru as a romantic partner. I think he still looks at her a little bit like a younger sister. She's in the same grade as his younger sisters. So maybe there's something there. But I think maybe Shikaru did play it a little too safe. I mean, maybe she did just make it a little bit too easy for for Kasuka. She facilitated things a little bit too much. and, uh, And it might be that it was just never really enough to hook him. On the other hand, I alluded to this a second ago, Shikaru is often brutish or mean. That usually uh, manifests over the top of Yusaku's head, but not always. There are a few times, particularly in early episodes, like episode one and episode three, 
in which she's actually quite mean to Kasuga and his family, the, the, the twins. I have previously speculated that possibly it might even be that her attitude when she's hanging out with the Kasugas, once she decides she wants to date Kasuga, when she's hanging out with the Kasuga family, she tends to, I guess, put her best foot forward or fit in, and she's trying to make the others like her and seem like a good fit for Kasuga. So I've even speculated in the past, and I know others have speculated, Alan, uh, that she has this maybe true personality that's underneath her kind of nice, bubbly, sweet persona where she really is kind of mean and selfish and self-centered, has less patience for people and, and uh, you know, doesn't mind hitting people and stuff like that. So that could be one reading of Shikaru's character. But I think I've grown a little past that. I've moved a little past that interpretation of her. What I think it is when she behaves in that kind of uh, rare, brutish manner where she's mean and she's hitting people and she's uh, calling people names. And when she reacts that way, I think that's more meant as a sign of her relative immaturity. This is a character, as we're discussing her, that we have to remember is a year younger than Kasuga to the day. They have the exact same birthday. And she's about a year and a half younger than Ayukawa. At a crucial time in adolescence when a year can really mean a lot in terms of development. I mean, if they were 35 and she was 34, there's really no difference, right? But 14 and 15 can be a pretty big difference. A year in those adolescent years, that uh, that year really does count for a pretty good bit of development and life experience. I mean, when you go from zero life experience to even a little bit, that little bit is a, a lot more than than maybe what Shikaru's got. So I think that mean streak that she shows is an indication of her relative immaturity. She still kind of acts like a kid, you know, in the way that toddlers just kind of say what's on their mind. Like, you know, they'll tell you what they're thinking without any kind of filter because they don't have any awareness of the social implications of telling you straight up. If you look funny or you smell bad or something, they'll tell you what they like and what they don't like. And so part of me thinks that that's meant to be a little bit of a holdover of Shikaru's youth. You know, kids are mean. Kids tease, they poke fun, they even bully, unfortunately. Like that's maybe a little bit of what Shikaru is doing. And and she's still growing out of that when we meet her over the course of the series. Because I think by the end, by the time we see her in the two films, she is an older character. And uh, she's characterized differently. She doesn't have those a violent kind of brash tendencies. I think that is something that, you know, we all grow out of as we, as we get older, we go from being that kind of sometimes mean, you know, sometimes we're just being honest. We're being true to our own emotions in the, in the moment, but we develop that social awareness that allows us to maybe be a little bit more diplomatic and a little bit more kind to others. So I think She's not, it's not that she's like mean on the inside because there are times that we see Shikaru alone by herself where there's really no reason for her to behave in any other manner than what is absolutely true to her character. Times where she's knitting a scarf for Casca, uh, times where she is, uh, there's an episode where she is uh, reading a magazine. She's just kind of kicked back, lounging in her room, and Casca calls. And you see, she's just, being a kid, she's just being a girl. She's just humming and singing and and kind of uh, bopping her her uh, foot 
along with the music or whatever. That's, I think, the the true Shikado that we see there. I don't think it's her mean streak, the mean girl Shikado. I think the demon of this series is definitely Kurumi. Now, Shikado's arc overall, over the course of all of the television series, uh, but even more so over the course of the films, is heartbreak, moving past adolescent love. She has to experience something that is different than what Kasuga and Ayukua do. Kasuga and Ayukua, their love is requited. They they don't have to experience that heartbreak, but Shikaru unfortunately does have to uh, lose her boyfriend, lose her best friend, and experience this adolescent heartbreak and kind of moving past this initial thing that she'd built up so much in her mind. So in that way, I think Shikaru's arc is a lot more typical of like a real world experience. I mean, how many of us didn't have our hearts trampled on at 15 or 16 or something? I mean, it's it's part of the growing up experience and it's part of what Shikaru gets to experience. I think for Kasuga and Ayukua, kind of like being each other's first love and then like getting together and then just like living your lives together. I think that's that's not usually how it bears out in the real world. So Shikaru's arc, I think, is incredibly relatable for us as an audience because it's it's very easy to see, oh yeah, that was me. I remember that. I remember being in those shoes. Very few folks marry their first significant other from high school. That's usually a terrible idea. So it's common for us to suffer some form of heartbreak in our formative adolescent years, it sucks at the time, but it's actually a very valuable learning experience. It usually teaches us things about ourselves that we can then carry forward. And I think that's true of Shikaru as well. I think by the time we see her at the end of Shin uh, Kimagure Orange Road, I think she is a different person than she was in the beginning of episode one. I think her development is is pretty incredible, and I think she's moved on and, and she has grown her arc, importantly, does not include her finding a long-term relationship. I have seen a little bit of criticism here, like there are viewers who wish that maybe she could have found somebody, that maybe watching her arc would have been a little easier. For us, the viewer, emotionally, we wouldn't have felt so damn bad at the end of I Want to Return to That Day if maybe there had been a character for her. I mean, it's hard to imagine her winding up with Yusaku. That guy's just such a blowhard with his head up his own ass. Plus, he's in love with Kasuga. He's gay and he doesn't know it. But, you know, had there been a character who had come in at some point who could maybe be a uh, potential love interest for Shikaru that then, you know, feels a little bit like a consolation prize. And I also feel like it might take away from the the ultimate theme of Orange Road, that that adolescence. I mean, she has to experience that heartbreak in order for it to be communicated on screen for us. So, you know, I don't, I don't think her finding a long-term relationship is really right for the story. It's this story is not about her long-term relationships. This is really about, you know, her moving through this thing as her best friend and would be boyfriend kind of form a long-term relationship and, and how that impacts her towards the end. So her character also is not quite at the level of Ayuko or Kasuga. So, you know, she, again, she's here to perform a function. She's here to play a role, which leads me to talking about Shikaru as a plot device, as something that helps move the plot in a certain direction and uh, helps to communicate the themes that uh, the authors wish to, wish to uh, tell us. For my money, the most important part of Orange Road is Kasuga and Ayuko's love story. Without that, you don't, you don't have a story. That's that's the point, is them getting together. The tension between them, will they, won't they, and then them finally getting together is the payoff. And and that's the crux of the story. But in that sense, Shikaru is 
super important because she's the major roadblock to them getting together. When you boil it down, if you really simplify things, she's the one standing in the way, which again has caused viewers to complain online about her being annoying because she gets in the way and she's supposed to get in the way, right? Otherwise, we'd only have four episodes of the show. And that's why I said that Shikata's character is also not quite on the same level as Kasuga or Ayukawa's. She's very close, particularly with the development she receives over the course of the two films. But the story is really about Kasuga and Ayukawa coming together as a couple. And a lot of the overarching conflict throughout Orange Road comes on the will-they-won't-they romantic tension between them. There's not a lot going on in Orange Road if you remove the Kasuga Ayukawa romance. It's not a story about an Esper family trying to hide in plain sight. It's not a story about roving gangs of female juvenile delinquents battling each other with bowling balls and yo-yos. It's not a story about an abused house cat trying to escape his tormentors. Orange Road contains all of those things. These are the details that help make an ordinary teenage romance narrative feel full of madcap antics, They undoubtedly add to the fun of watching Orange Road, but all of these elements that aren't the Kasuga Ayukawa romance, they don't function by themselves. Instead, these elements exist for a narrative purpose, to put Kasuga and Ayukawa into fun situations each week, like when Kasuga uses his power in a rowing competition with Yusaku, his exhaustion and and lack of precision maroon himself and Ayukawa on the uninhabited island so that we can have a fun episode exploring what the two of them get up to when it's just them shutting out the rest of the world and all of the outside pressures and influences. And it also gives us the conflict now that they're stuck on the island without any food, stranded. There's also one example of how the ESP power helps to push the narrative. The episode's narrative is nonetheless centered around Kasuga and Ayukawa's relationship how being stuck on that island impacts their dynamic, and ultimately what they do on the island. It's less about the ESP. The ESP is just how they get there. Take away the ESP, you could still have essentially the same episode. The writers would have to figure out another expository force that places Kasuga and Ayukua on the island together, but otherwise, everything else unfolds just as it does. But if you take away the Kasuga-Ayukua romance, you just don't have an episode there. Kasuga's ESP could still land them on the island, but what the hell do they do once they're there? What's the narrative significance of putting them together on an island alone if there's no romance between the two? You might as well put Kasuga and Yusaku on the island together. It makes no difference, and Yusaku might enjoy that type of thing. So I'm not trying to get off topic from Shikaru by speaking so much about characters that I've already discussed, but I'm just trying to contrast with the other main characters, help show us that Shikaru has this function, almost like the ESP, and it's relevant to her arc and and where she is when the story ends. So again, Shikaru is the primary factor that inhibits Ayukawa and Kasuga from being more open and expressive with their feelings. She really keeps them apart. And unless this is your very first time listening to Abakabu Cafe podcast, you have probably heard me make a case for Ayukawa and Kasuga both liking each other and each one being well aware of their own feelings. It's not a surprise to them, nor to us as the viewer, that they like each other. There's no doubt in my mind that Ayukawa and Kasuga would have gotten together much earlier in the series, quite probably after episode three, since they had an extremely enjoyable date that was only ruined when Kasuga mentioned he had forgotten his prior date that he'd made with Shikaru. 
So I think it's very safe to say that without Shikaru, we really don't have much of an ongoing story. We'd have a couple of chapters of manga and maybe four or five episodes of television, maybe one single movie. There's just really not a lot of extra story there if we don't have something buffering the Ayuko Akasuga romance. And because so much of the narrative hangs on the development of Ayuko and Kasuga's relationship over time, the only option for continuing past them getting together would be to like pivot the series in a different narrative focus, which would produce like a wholly different show and, and would detract from the themes of growing up and adolescence and that development that, that are foundational to Orange Road. So Shikaru is absolutely necessary to Orange Road, but her primary function is to impede the Kasuga-Ayuko relationship. She's the limiter that the narrative needs to allow it to stretch out to 48 TV episodes, eight OVA, two movies, or 156 chapters of manga. And because she's at least ostensibly unaware of the feelings between Kasuga and Ayukua, she's also used to create tension. Just like a moment ago, I gave the example of uh, episode 19, where the ESP works as exposition to create this, this conflict and this issue that has to be solved. Shikaru functions in much the same way. Kasuga and Ayukua have to go to lengths to conceal their feelings for each other from Shikaru. They're doing that ostensibly to preserve Shikaru's feelings, but they might be covering their own asses a little bit there too, especially Ayukua. There's the sense that they have to maintain this delicate balance because if Shikaru were ever to learn the truth about their feelings, the jig would be up. Their dynamic would be permanently ruined. Of course, there are episodes where Shikaru does indeed suspect that perhaps Kasuga is interested in another girl. She doesn't always let on that she thinks that it might be Ayukua. Sometimes she thinks it could be anybody. He's just interested in someone else. In episode four, she wonders if Kasuga was really helping his dad like he said, or perhaps he was with another woman when he stood her up on their date. He was. In episode 15, she accuses Kasuga of being interested in another girl. He is. In episode 20, Shikaru catches Ayukawa and Kasuga practicing tennis together, and she's hurt by their closeness. I think this might even be the first indication she gets that not only does Kasuga like someone else, but it might be Ayukawa. In episode 24, Kazuya straight up tells Shikaru that Kasuga prefers Ayukawa, which really seems to crush Shikaru for a short bit of that episode before Kasuga can get to her and deny it. And then in episode 33, Shikaru happens upon Ayukua as she's got her arms around Kasuga's neck and she's leaning in for a damn kiss. That might be the worst situation that she ever walks in on. So it's significant that Shikaru is correct in her suspicions. She thinks that Kasuga likes someone else. Yet uh, Kasuga, and to a, a slightly lesser extent, Ayukua dismiss Shikaru's concerns. They, they both tell her not to worry. Ayukua in some of the earlier episodes, that episode four, Ayukua tells Shikaru, don't worry. If that's what he says he was doing, then that's what he was doing. Even though she knows that's bullshit, she knows he was out with her. So while Kasuga and Ayukua have this will they, won't they tension built around whether or not they will express their feelings and get together, Shikaru also has this will she, won't she tension built around whether or not she will learn the truth about the two people closest to her. And of course, they exploit this in the episodes that I just mentioned, as well as others. It creates tension. What did Shikaru see? Did she see something? What's she going to do? How's she going to react? It builds tension. It creates conflict for the episodes. And it also provides opportunity to explore the themes. So here, 
I think it makes sense to ask the question, how much does Shikaru know? Throughout the TV series, she seems mostly oblivious, despite those episodes I mentioned just a second ago. As we all know, in I Want to Return to That Day, Shikaru reveals that she has always known that Kasuka loved Ayukua, even though it's unclear whether she means that she has known since episode one or if she has known for a while, but maybe not the whole time, that she's been pursuing Kasuga. I tend to think of Shikaru's revelation in I Want to Return to That Day as a retcon that helps tremendously in the transformation of her character that occurs in that film. She really does experience a huge transformation in the movies. And I think adding that layer to her really, really helps tremendously. I don't think that she knew all the way back to episode one that Kasuka liked Ayukua. How could she have? Otherwise, it really makes no sense for Shikaru to have begun pursuing him in episode two, knowing that he likes her best friend. Then again, this is a show about formative adolescent experiences, and these characters all make the kind of mistakes that kids that age make due to a lack of emotional maturity and experience. So it's not entirely outside the realm of possibility that perhaps Shikaru did make the mistake of pursuing a guy who she knew liked someone else, thinking that she could change his mind, but I don't tend to think so. We're just not given the indication that Shikaru is making such a choice because that would change a lot about her role in the love triangle if she went into that willingly, knowingly. I think the filmmakers would have to give us some kind of clue that Shikaru knows. And um, in episode one, Ayuko denies knowing Casca. She says, I don't know this fool. And that opens the door for Shikaru. So I tend to think that if we accept that Shikaru knew that Kasuka liked Ayukawa, as she claims in I Want to Return to That Day, if we accept that is true, then it must have been at some later point where she's already kind of invested in Kasuka emotionally that, that she learned. And she might have learned slowly. It might have happened over the course of many episodes, uh, like episode 33, like episode 20 when she catches them practicing tennis in the woods. But from what we see in the TV series, Shikaru is unaware of Kasuka and Ayukawa's mutual feelings for each other, even by the end, uh, despite occasionally doubting Kasuka, despite witnessing a few things that really ought to have clued her in. Even by the last episode, I think Kazuya suggests that possibly Ayukawa and uh, Kasuka have eloped, and that's why no one can find the two of them. Really, it's because they were six years in the past, but nobody really suspects that because it's impossible. But the last shot of Shikaru that we see, I believe, in the television series is her maybe having that realization. It's dawning on her. Wait, Ayuko and Kasuga eloped? We never really get to see a full response from her in the TV series, but there's a look on her face like, oh, wait a minute. I never thought of that before. I feel like if Shikaru had known, as she claims, and I want to return to that day, then she's not simply a victim of Kasuga and Ayukua. She She's... She's not blindsided when she learns of their feelings. Instead, she's largely responsible for her own predicament. Maybe in that way, she's not so dissimilar from Ayukua. I think Ayukua is uh, largely responsible for her own predicament, not being able to be close to Casca and, and being in this love triangle with Casca because she denied knowing him in the beginning. Open the door for Shikaru to date him. I think that their love triangle is largely Ayukawa's doing, and she she did it on purpose. So I don't know. Maybe there is a sort of um, 
poetic justice to to Shikaru doing basically the same thing, and all three of them being aware of what's really going on, and that that might be important to the themes of learning, experience, gaining it as you move through adolescence, and maybe making a few blunders too. Shikaru could have let go of Kasuga at any point. If she had known that, that Kasuga liked Ayukawa from the very beginning, she really could have let go of Kasuga at any point, rather than trying for years to change Kasuga's heart. I think it's much more likely that if she found out it was, it was after a little while, after some months, and she was invested already. We should also keep in mind that in Matsumoto's original manga, Shikaru is entirely blindsided when she learns that Kasuga is in love with Ayukawa, and so I think it's safe to defer to the intentions of the original author and creator of these characters, which is why I do tend to consider Shikaru's revelation in I Want to Return to That Day to be a, a retcon. It wasn't part of the manga. It wasn't really part of the original creator's conception of, of how the uh, love triangle would resolve. Of course, I will talk more about the manga in uh, coming weeks, few more episodes on the anime, and then we're going to get into the manga. Every single chapter, baby. One thing I will say about the Shikaru Already Knows retcon is that it's a genius idea that allows them to breathe new life into her character for the movies. I mentioned Shikaru's arc earlier as that very first heartbreak, moving past a first love that just isn't the one for you. It doesn't work out. But the fact is, that arc really doesn't manifest until the movies. During the TV series in OVA, she doesn't really have much of an arc, more of a function, really, which is to keep Ayukawa and Kasuga apart. Once she's filled that role, and Kasuga and Ayukawa are finally together, despite her influence keeping them apart, now Shikaru has room to grow as a character and to develop. So with I Want to Return to That Day and uh, Shin uh, Kimagure Orange Road, Shikaru receives a tremendous amount of the narrative focus of those two films. Shikaru gets more character development in the two movies than in the entire run of the TV series. I mentioned before that it seemed like once Ayuko and Kasuka's relationship was established, there was less for the filmmakers to do with those characters. They've kind of fulfilled their roles as well. And what I meant was that those characters have more or less completed their arc. Their development is pretty much complete. On the other hand, Shikaru's arc is really just launching, and I want to return to that day. She's fulfilled her function. Now she is able to really explore her own personal growth. And that's why I think the two movies feel so Shikaru-centric, for better or worse. And considering the relative age difference between Shikaru and Kasuga and Ayukawa, as I mentioned, it would make sense that Shikaru's development lags a bit behind Ayukawa and Kasuga's, since Shikaru is uh, the younger person. She's always kind of playing catch-up developmentally. And in terms of experience, someone like Ayukua, who's about a year and a half older, has more. So it makes sense that that they sort of finish their development first and that she gets to complete her arc second. She's a little younger. The real benefit of the Shikaru Always New retcon is that it reveals this hidden depth to her character that that really just didn't exist before in the TV series. She didn't have that depth. I mean, there were episodes like episode 15 where she kind of knew and she expressed herself and she showed a range of emotions, uh, particularly betrayal and, and mistrust of Kasuga. And I think those were all excellent for her and for her 
being a little bit more well-rounded in the TV series, but really it was the films that, that fully round her out because her ignorance in the TV series, despite all of the instances that she witnessed between Kasuga and Ayukawa, it just makes her seem dumb for her to see what she sees over the course of the TV series. But still every episode, she begins a uh, bubbly and obsessed with Kasuga thinking that they're in this great place. The movies do her the service of expanding her perception and her range of emotion. She's now able to see past the facade that Kasuga and Ayukawa put up for her. She's not so easily fooled as we may have thought in the 48 episodes. And that's the masterstroke of I Want to Return to That Day, is that it makes her a phenomenally more interesting character, more relatable, and she's not this vapid airhead that's not able to see what's right in front of her. She willfully ignored it. I think that was great for her character. And I suppose that's the final thing I really needed to say about Shikaru. She's never been the sole reason for my enjoyment of Orange Road. And she's never been the the reason for me to revisit Orange Road over the years. But she's absolutely crucial to the overall meaning that we derive from the series. And dare I say, if you want to put some meaning in your life... You want to derive some meaning from your own existence, then uh, may I please suggest visiting my Patreon, patreon.com slash Team Almy, where you can become a patron, Team Almy Podcasts. I will thank you greatly. I'll also send you uh, some free swag. I got stickers printed up, exclusive only for patrons. I don't send these stickers to anybody else. Nobody gets these unless they're signed up for the patron. I also uh, send t-shirts at the $10 and up tier. I really try to take care of you guys with uh, swag periodically. As I invent new things, I send them out to you. Also, you'll get access to stuff early. This episode was posted early on Patreon, so you get to hear this stuff before anyone else, which automatically makes you cooler than all of those other people that have to hear it last. So you also get access to uh, Shit Happens When You Party Naked. It's a uh, exclusive Patreon-exclusive podcast. Honestly, I just don't feel like dealing with people complaining about the content of that podcast anymore. If you don't like it, it's not for you. What can I say? You don't got to listen. But you find people my fine patrons you will have access to everything everything there's stuff that i don't put out on the normal internet you'll have it all uh also when we start going over the manga i'm going to be posting the manga chapters and so i'm not going to be doing that for everybody obviously if you're listening to this on apple you're not going to get the manga chapters i will publish digital scans of the the professionally translated manga chapters they're super high res they're they're pretty big files i will publish those on my Patreon with each episode of the podcast. So as we're discussing the manga, it will be right there for you to read, refresh your memory, and then listen to the show. It's going to be great. Now, there's not a lot of Orange Road music that is explicitly from Shikaru's point of view. Most of it tends to come from Ayukua's point of view, a little bit from Kasuga's. We get very few songs that are really explicitly presenting Shikaru's point of view and her maybe inner thoughts in music. But here's one. This is the one that I like the best.